Nuts. <clears throat> What's up, everybody? Welcome to this week's episode of Thoughts on Demand podcast. I'm here with Jake and Mo. What's up, guys? How hey, you doing? what's going on? Man, I'm just going to tell you what I wanted to talk about all week. I've been thinking about it. Couldn't wait for tonight because I just wanted to talk about fucking lazy people. I'm at the point, man, where I am dealing with so many people who just don't want to do their goddamn job. And I know every one of us has that person that we know or people that we know. And we're just kind of tired of it. And I've realized something, man. A lot of these fucking people, it's just that they're fucking quitters. They're just quitters. And it takes a lot for someone to get good at something. Everybody forgets that you're a beginner. So when you're trying to teach somebody something new, it feels like they just stop. They give up there. And they don't want to push forward. And I don't know. Do you guys ever, Do you have somebody at work that, that happens to you with? Yeah, I, uh, I I have somebody that that happens with, but I, not necessarily at this job, but at a past job. Um, I just they wouldn't they wouldn't show up for work on time. Uh, they slacked a lot. Um, just couldn't get them to really stay focused on anything, and they didn't really care. Let me ask you this. Here, here's my thought of it. When I'm thinking, of, you know, when I'm looking at everybody, and I'm like, all right, that's what it is. I'm wondering if they, they see people that they work with who, whatever the, the task is, say it's, you know, you're at, you're working at a Target and you're receiving a truck and you're like, God, that guy just makes it look so easy and I'm not there. Well, that dude's got fucking four years of experience on you. No shit. He's, he spent 8,000 hours doing this and you're doing it for three and you're frustrated because you're not there yet. And they don't understand that level of dedication and time that it goes, it takes or it goes into becoming like an expert at something. And it's a weird task that you have to learn and it really distinguishes people. Being a beginner and learning how to learn a new skill is very difficult. And I've never thought about it before in those terms. Because it requires change. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, you know, change is one of those things that people are so terrified of. But I think a lot of people, it's almost that, that public speaking fear too. You're afraid to get up and look like a fool. But because you're not willing to do that means you're never going to be able to take the steps to get to that next that next level or be better or be that expert. Right. I, I, I wonder too if something – okay, so every job to a degree is a routine. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I don't think that enough people can stick in a routine because with routine you build speed. You know, and, and Smooth is fast. Smooth is fast. And so I, I don't think – I almost wonder if people can't figure that out. Uh, I Maybe. think a lot of some people's brains work that way, and other people's don't. Um, I've had experiences where, you know, in order to do task B, you have to start task A and complete it to its fullest. Mm-hmm. And you have these people that can't stay focused on completing A; they're trying to do C. You know, you know what I mean? And I, and I think that's a big problem too. It, it's a focus thing. Nobody's ever really taught them how to follow through or their teachers weren't very good at teaching it. Well, does that fall on teachers? Or does that fall on the parents? Or, and how much of that falls on that person just to be able to have that drive and initiative? Because I don't think, I don't think I'm born with a driver initiative necessarily. Yeah, some might be a little bit more predisposition for that than others. But overall, is that something that's learned or is that something that's given to you? 
that's a good question. And maybe it works both ways. But I think something you're always going to have is you're always going to have a percentage of people that just, they just don't care. There's just that level of, you know, 10% of the people are just, they are what they are. And there isn't, there isn't any want yeah. for anything better. If that's the case, then what do you do with those people? Because that, they're just a fucking drain on society. Well, this day and age, we help these people along. We take care of them. We coddle them. Um, in the past, in you know, when in the Stone Age or you know, <laughs> in in times of old, those people wouldn't have survived. Nobody was going to feed them. They would have starved no. to death or been eaten by wild animals. And I see how that happens because now in times of the future, that's how fucking hunger, the Hunger Games start, man. At a certain point, they're going to start just making us compete against each other for basic survival because that 10%, there's so many of them that they started outweighing us. It's no longer 10%, it's 40%. And all of a sudden, you know, we're shooting each other bows and arrows in a crazy course. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know if I'll get that far, but... <laughs> hey, well, no, you get slippery slope, bro. I'm, I'm, I'm changing my views, bro. I, I don't know if you know this. I'm becoming what they call a progressive, but such an extreme progressive. I want to jump past the next hundred years and go to the crazy extreme of where we're going to take it. Fuck it. Let's go to hunger game style. <laughs> I, I have a, I have an interesting thing. And I, this was something I actually listened to your guys' podcast last week. I see a lot, I hear a lot of labels, you know, progressive or right or left. It, it's a frustrating thing to me. I, I, I'm one that I don't watch news. I don't listen to news. I, I refuse to go there. Um, I put my time and energy into my family instead, but I find these labels odd because I think all it does is polarize people. What do you guys think about labels? When you, when you say that, is there, did you picture a person? Do you picture I think labels are stereotypes, but I think stereotypes a lot of the time work. Okay. <laughs> no, the, I, and, and, and that is true to a degree. But like I don't when I when I hear somebody talk I don't think oh they're they're far rightist they're you know they're they're really extreme left I I don't I don't look at their views that way I don't have a label for it I just break their view down and go I don't know if I agree completely with that and and I just but I don't ever put a label to it Well we're way past that point now Jake it's it doesn't yeah. work that way anymore that was the yeah. peaceful times of disagreement and political ideology now it's a whole different new system of uh of fascism basically but maybe that's yeah, the, the, the tough part the tough part is to have those many viewpoints represented where you have subgroups like that those subgroups at this point since it's really a two-party system if you basically if you want to have some sort of representation you have to pick one of the extremes on either side because those are the two parties right now would probably be the best time if you had two or three different people who really started kind of independent parties you might be able to have enough fractured off kind of those in between subgroups of the right and the left where you could maybe make a little bit of a difference now at the local scale because it's going to have to start at the local election level first that independent's going to really have to go out and he's going to win in his district do an amazing job and start to get to the state where everybody's like hey you know if you took um if, if you took like uh, Illinois and it was somebody like an independent who became the mayor of Chicago and then worked his way up and was like a senator there, that kind of shit, maybe the governor or something like that. As an independent, that's when, all right, hey, you're getting to the national stage. You have a huge, huge draw. You might be able to go out and pull it as an independent. Well, didn't Gary Johnson try that? Wasn't he a libertarian, libertarian in New Mexico? And he tried to run yeah. for president? I believe he was a Republican, actually. <clears throat> 
the tough part is, is they just don't have the money behind it. You're going to have to have somebody who is incredibly wealthy and influential. You're going to have to have a Jeff Bezos. You're going to have to have somebody like that, the, the Bill Gates or the, uh, the Warren Buffett say, hey, look, you know what? I truly believe my money is going to do good. Like I talk about all these foundations, but I'm finally going to put some action to it and I'm going to buy back politics. I have the money to buy elections. I'm going to buy an election and I'm going to put it for an independent who actually has like middle ground and is trying to help the best and every the, the middle ground for everybody so more people get helped. I and mean, until good that luck. happens. <laughs> exactly. Maybe after yeah. the civil war. Yeah, the grassroots effort that we have right now, you're just never going to be able enough be able to pull enough people from either side. And that's how you get stuck in those labels. So, for me, my views, leave me alone. I'll pay my taxes. Don't tax the shit out of me. Let me keep my guns uh, and try not to be a shitty person in general on the streets and abuse the system. Work hard. So because <laughs> I say those things, they're like, oh, well, you're a fucking, you're on the right. But then the, you have the people on the left who are saying equally as good things in a lot of cases. Like, hey, I don't want there to be suffering. I don't want there to be, you know, starving people. I don't want there to be violence. That's great. I hear all the shit you're saying, but it's grandiose. It's just, it's just good vibes it's it's there's nothing attached to it as far as action goes if you said i don't want there to be you know starving people so here are the 17 action points that we're going to do where we help everybody and educate people and really put resources where they need to and hold people accountable then all right fine maybe maybe then we'll have some real change but that's not going to happen no that's not that that's 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 not how it's going to work. See, that's the thing. Everybody's trying to reach this like state of utopia of like this perfect nation. You know, it's it's kind of almost like the Third Reich. Like, oh, how can we do better? Like, we're doing just fine. We need to fix some shit. But other than that, everything else is fine. The system appears to be working. And honestly, I think people like the two political system party. That's why it's just been sticking around so long. I don't oh, think people I, I care for libertarian, independent, green party. They don't care. They like their two parties. They like their Democrats. They like the Republicans. It's a love-hate relationship. But how do they know they wouldn't like the other option? They've never had it. In what way they never had it? They've never had the option. A lot of people don't even realize that there's other options to vote for. Because they don't care. Because if you want to vote, you can go do your own research. And if you do your own research, nobody, a lot of candidates are going to Nobody does their own research. They, yeah, exactly, watch, they so. watch bullshit. You know, in a weird way, I'm going to use this analogy. And I've, I've never actually said this. I just thought about it. So it, it might come out a little sloppy. Tell me if, if it makes sense. I think the political spectrum, when you're looking at it, everybody thinks of it as a linear line, just one line with a left side and a right side, and it's a sliding scale of where everybody sits. And it's kind of like um, like that balance bar at a doctor's office scale. It's you're that person in between. Are you on the right or the left? And I think realistically, it's more like a treadmill almost, where that belt comes up and it's right to left. And you, you, me personally, I've moved from what I used to be considered far left to super far right, but my views have never changed. My views have stayed very consistent. And I've, I've changed on a few things as science comes up and all that kind of stuff. And you look at it. And the, but for the most part, I'm like, hey, it's indisputable. It is what it is. But my views got pushed like that. And now I'm kind of going to that underneath. And in, in 70 years, the same version of me will be popping up, but it will be the new progressive because it's going to be different from what's in power. So at a certain point, maybe the left becomes a little bit more dominant and then the right starts to take over 60 years later. There's that kind of weird shift where you're, you're moving sides. 
Oh, like back and forth, you mean? Like you think yeah, it's where coordinated? In 70 years, no, like in 70 years, a conservative view pushing more conservative values will be seen as progressive. Oh, so that why you think it, it will get that bad? That's what I'm saying because it's it's always going to be that shift. People like what's different. Oh, okay, I see. What you you're see saying. what I'm saying? And yeah, I yeah. think that that might be a, a possibility of what's happened a lot. Um, you know, it's crazy stuff too. Like I, I was just recently in in Nashville, and <laughs> everyone's like, "It's a really weird thing to be talking about." Because I, I keep bringing it up because it, it shocked me. So, what was his name? Andrew Jackson had slaves, right? On his plantation. Right. And the the whole perception was like, hey, slaves always were really treated like shit. Well, he had a house on this property that he lived in for years. And then he built the mansion. Well, when he was done with his house, he let his slaves live in there. His slaves had guns. His slaves hunted on the property. They had reading glasses. Um, his like main person that was basically his assistant is buried next to him. And I'm like, well, that, wait, that well, doesn't well, fit wait, in. Wait, hold on. Slaves that had guns? Yeah. I, and see, that wasn't what I've ever learned in school. So I was like, well, well shit, what do I believe now? Like, I, 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 I understand they couldn't leave and all that kind of stuff. And that is wrong. That is 100% wrong. But you've, you've always told me that, and, and maybe he was the exception because he was the progressive of the time. You see right. what I'm saying? So like, it kind of goes, at some point, obviously, we're not going to go back to our slaves. That's, that's, that's kind of a ballsy move, don't you think, to give your slaves guns and trust them? I yeah, mean, there, but, mu there must have been some mutual understanding at this point. Yeah, or it was certain ones. But at the same point, I looked at it, and it was just a very interesting perception that I'd never seen. So I was like, oh, so there were people back then that even though it wasn't the right thing, it, it basically, that they, they needed the labor, so they were buying labor, and they made them stay as a slave, which, okay, we, we understand that. But they still treated them like people. I was like, damn. So he would have been viewed at living in the South as probably one of the shittier people. Like, oh right. yeah, he's got slaves, but look at it. And I, like, I would, I'd be curious to know what the conversations were back then. Like that daily conversation. We know the details and the bullet points, but how did that everyday interaction go with everybody? Hmm. You're gonna need a time machine, man. See, that's the shit I'd be going back in time to go see, man. I don't want to go back in time to see the dinosaurs. Nah, fuck that. I want to go before the dinosaurs, or I want to go see some crazy, you know, caveman shit. Like, how did we really live out there? Like, I, I don't know. I, I have a picture, you know, the men are going off and they're hunting and stuff and, and finding other tribes and, you know, defiling and all that crap, raving and pillaging. But are like the, the chicks hanging out in the back and were they just lesbians all the time? No. No. I'd like, no, no. I'd like <laughs> to go back and see some of these civilizations that have just disappeared. I, I'm one of we'll those see, that, yeah. I'm one of those that thinks that they're, the, the civilization has been reset a few times and that's what these really are remnants of past reset civilizations oh i would i would say that's probably a very high likelihood um you know and it's 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 weird when you think about it if, if for egypt they had hieroglyphs and everyone's like oh we're trying to figure out what the hell they mean yeah i send emojis all day long and i know damn well what an eggplant means you know well, it's that it, kind of shit where yeah we speak with pictures now and it's really quick and you can convey a lot of words in a few pictures so there's a good chance that they were probably way more advanced than we think because there's that weird theory that the pyramids were batteries and power plants well so take a look at the technology you have in front of you the computer right now it's plastic there's a little bit of metal to it but for the most part it's 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 a lot of plastic over time you know over all the 
the generations and all the weather and all the the sand blowing. Who's to say all that stuff hasn't disappeared? And the only thing you have left is the stone. If it was that yeah. long ago. Yeah, and you know, we there's that, know. that kind of theory out there that if we look at everything, everything is digital now. If you go another 40 years down the road, almost everything is digital. You know, tapes mm-hmm. don't exist anymore. Books, right. books don't exist anymore. None of that stuff exists. And so when the library of Alexandria was burned, were they burning it to hide the secrets of technology? Because yeah, they thought technology is what yeah. destroyed them. I don't know. You know. Just just what's in Egypt is just, it's too amazing. I'm sorry. There's, it's just too amazing that it, it wasn't, it wasn't done with more technology. What the, what those people built and what they did, it, it's just, it's beyond their capabilities in my eyes. I think it's just crazy. I will, I always have that thought process of what would happen if, if you found some crazy technology in Egypt, like if they all of a sudden found something that was like an iPad that was 35,000 years old, what would that do to society? Like how would, how would religious people react to that? How would they react to that? That's a very interesting question. Yeah. Well, I, I, I think their whole whole thought, their whole, yeah. Well, the other part of that too is why does religion? No, they, they, have... they'll make it. They'll make it. It'll turn into a government conspiracy, and, and nobody will buy it. And life will go on. Well, I'm trying to figure out why religion and science has to be mutually exclusive of each other. Like so many people, it's it's such a hard dividing line. Like right and left. Oh yeah, the science cannot go along with religion. It has to disprove God in every shape, way, and form. And you're like, well, what the hell? Because scientists are always. Hanging out to atheism because scientists don't believe in faith. Scientists want to experiment. They want to see. They want to believe. They're skeptics. That's a scientist, you know. Uh, A religious religious person, on the other hand, is a person who has faith, who's never maybe seen God. He felt comforted while he was reading the Bible or or reading the Torah, you know, and then now, bam, he just feels like a connection with a higher power. So to him, it's 100% real and, and you can't change his mind. Well, the so the singer of Bad Religion, uh, Greg Graffin, yeah. he, in his PhD dissertation, when he had done that, one of the questions he was asking all these scientists and professors, he was asking a lot of people because his, uh, his degree was in uh, evolutionary biology. So he asked all these evolutionary biologists, like, do you believe in God? And I think it was something like 76% of them responded, yeah, I actually am a devout religious person, depending on whatever the religious denomination was, but a right. lot of them were. And their whole thing was, okay, well, if there is God out there, me doing science, the only thing that might happen is at some point I am bringing myself closer to him. Who knows? Maybe some point I could communicate or, you know, maybe I could prove there is an existence of God. And I'm like, well, that's that's a really positive way to look at it. Like, no, I'm doing science to help everybody and I'm not trying to disprove God despite, in, in fact, it's the exact opposite. I'm trying to prove the existence. Well, see, when you have people like, you know, mainstream scientists not saying it like that and they're saying no i don't think there is a god you know stephen Hawking is one of them i believe mm-hmm. you know they, they kind of already draw the line like to so people maybe that are christian that are interested in science but then people like that say there is no god you know they kind of push away like oh this stuff sounds like you know yeah, and, so science, are- and science really hasn't answered much to be honest with you oh it's answered a lot dude you use uh, your computer. There's antibiotics. You you know where the sun is. You're able to shoot shit through space and land sure. on another planet. 
oh, how, how did that benefit me right now? Well, a lot what of the if, technology you have has come from NASA. It, you know, they developed it there, and slowly but surely, it trickles down to you. Okay, but well, there's GPS. Still a lot how of often do you use GPS? Um, often. Yeah, so there's something that you know NASA did to benefit you. Yeah, but <laughs> but that still doesn't that that's, communication okay, satellites. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, transmission. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah but all this stuff, all this infrastructure you're talking about, what I'm realizing is it's so fragile. Like, you know, an EMP could here's your communication satellites or here's your here's your grid, here's this, here's that, you know? Like so mm-hmm. it's so not is your like body, that's one something. car accident, you're dead. So your body's super fragile. Sure, it is. And that's why we should not be making fragile stuff. We should learn from our own so, faults. So we should quit fucking quit having kids. No. Well, that's I that didn't same say that. There. I didn't say that. I didn't say that. You know, if people want to have kids, like that's another thing too. Like it's it's a very little IQ thing. I'm noticing that people just excessively have kids when they can't afford it. Like to me, like these people are the problem of society. I think. Oh, what was her name? Uh, that lady in Florida who had like 15 kids. Somebody Dude. has to pay for all my oh, kids. I remember that. Yeah. Somebody has to take responsibility and take care of my kids. I remember that. That yeah. was an impressive, impressive news interview. <laughs> I think it's, I remember it. I don't think that. I think it, she should be put on trial. And that news interview. What are you going to try her with? Abuse. I don't know. She's doing something. Just well, figure out something. Because I'm just going to go into. So the worst I'm, thing they're going to do is make her take a DNA test. And they're all going to be her kids. Because yeah, they are her kids. I'm going to go into that courtroom. I'm like, I don't know what she's guilty of, but you can get, I can guarantee you she's guilty of something. Here's exhibit a, I'm just going to play that tape and be like, go ahead and deliberate. No closing arguments. You don't need to hear shit right there. That's all the evidence you need. <laughs> and, well, and this is another example of, of letting the, uh, the people with the lower IQ survive. They're not going to survive though. That's the thing. Like there, there is no possible scenario that could run that these people would survive. Like you can run, you can run, you can run like, you know, now, you know, you can run like an EMP, you can run a civil war scenario, you know, which none of them are really likely. You can run an invasion and none of these people survive civil unrest without the rule of law. Any of that scenarios, these people are not going to survive. Why? I'm in Texas. I don't give a fuck. EMPs don't affect us. (laughs) <laughs> yes, they do. <laughs> no, they don't. You know why? Because there are three power grids in the country, East, West, and Texas. Well, you're probably a main target, Texas by itself. If I was the enemy, I would want to hit Texas. No. I would want to disable Texas and D.C. First, before anything on the West Coast. It's where most of the firearms are in this country. <laughs> right? Well, yeah, it's next. in the South. It's in the South. It's on the fucking East Coast, you know? And I don't know. Like, the West Coast wouldn't really be my priority. Damn, sounds like I have a second coming in the Alamo. I'm looking forward to this shit. Yeah, like not depending on what scenario you're running, you know. Like I'm not, I'm not a fear monger. I'm just saying like with in today's climate, this is very possible. You know, things could go wrong south quickly. Yeah, know? I think my scenario is going to be how much how much can I drink and just party until uh until the world ends. Yeah, you say that, but when you have a wife and kids, you don't think like that. There is no partying. There is no, you, oh, this is it. I'm dead. No. That's true. You know what irrational fear I have, though? I have the irrational fear of the world being hit by a meteor. That, like, yeah, that will be crazy, too. Weekly. 
Why I think about it every week. Why is that irrational, though? That's a very irrational fear. I think there's, there's nothing people, I can do to prevent it. No, there's more people that don't think about that. Nobody realizes that we're on a fucking rock hurling through infinity. Yep. It's a legitimate thing. Shit flying everywhere. Like the Shit, ones you see, they're yes. like, oh, this thing was the size of New Hampshire and it was flying by the other day. Like, oh, <laughs> shit. Like, you're not more freaked out about this? Yeah, like, it went it's... between us and the moon? That's like that's like you shooting a bullet, it going between, like, right underneath my taint and through my butt cheeks and not hitting me. So like, it's, it's fucking impossible. You agree with Trump's Space Force creation? No. Oh, yeah. So, yes, I but, do. But, you know, I'll, I'll watch these sci-fi shows with mm-hmm. with the wife, and she gets me. Why? Why are you watching these doomsday shows? They, this could never happen. And I look at her. I, what do you mean this could never happen? We could be hit by an asteroid. We could have a massive earthquake. It, there are things that can happen. It's a and legit have. and have and it's a legitimate thing. And I don't. People have a very complacent attitude when it comes to that kind well, of stuff. What are you going to do about it? I, like, I'm not going to run out to the yard to start shooting at it and like, well, like I'm screwed. Maybe. There's nothing because there's two outcomes <laughs> if a meteor hits me. The first outcome is, and the first outcome is what I really hope happens. I'm really kind of close to it. I see that shit fly over me for like that movie from Deep Impact, and it just fucking <laughs> hits. And I watch this crazy wall of shit flying at me faster than the speed of sound, and I'm gone. You're right. The next maybe, outcome is the. Mm-hmm. But maybe if more people realized that the things like that can happen, they'd appreciate each other more. They'd want to make it a, a better place to be because it can all go haywire in a second. That's true. That's what's, true. What's but the I, most likely scenario though? Oh, the, mo- uh, the most likely scenario for me, I think the most likely scenario is probably going to be some sort of disease. Something that mutates and jumps from an animal to a human and fucking wipes everybody out. Oh, nice. So you're going the zombie apocalypse route. I don't think it's. I think it's going to be like black plague, like black plague in, like, uh, in France. Yeah. Oh, the bubonic like plague. plague. Yeah. Because oh. you're starting to see a lot of weird stuff pop up within all these homeless populations in California, you know, and in all these places where there's tons and tons and tons of homeless people all shitting in the streets. And the dirtier places get, the more <laughs> stuff's going to infest. Yeah. No, I, I yeah. agree. Yeah. Or a crazy overpopulated poor city in India, something like that's going to pop up, or some weird village and in, in city in China where their their standards of living are so low, and there are so many people dying from simple diseases, and there's so many of them, it will jump and spread like wildfire. Wow! Yeah, I could see that. How about you, Jake? I I, I really think that the pollution in this of this planet is what's going to do us in. I think that eventually we're going to pollute it so bad that food won't be able to be grown, and you're going to have mass starving and just the water supply. I, I think pollution is going to be the end of it. It's a little dramatic, but okay. I, well, I can see rational what do you fear. Think? Yeah. yeah. What's your uh, thought? Me- me, I just think it's it's gonna be like something crazy, like uh, like um, an agreed upon no nuclear use, but all fair game except nuclear World War Three type scenario. But does that take out everybody, or does that take out exactly. seventeen million a lot. people? No, no, a little more than that. It's like we're it's it's, it's gonna be a little one of those it's planetary be, resets where you yeah, have just kind of one of those big fucking wars, you know, where where it might get nuclear. You don't know, but for the most part, everybody's holding on to their world. Well, but I'll when, tell you, I don't. When, when you start losing a war, 
you kind of like, do I want to honor my word and try to rebuild and try to compete a hundred years from now? Mm-hmm. Or do I just want to go scorch earth and just level this fucking planet since I can't exist anymore? That's what it comes down to. Hmm. Yeah. I guess when you're looking at the crazy war scenario, shit can really just get bad and quick. And if, if people start Look dropping at India, nukes, and Ka- India and Pakistan in Kashmir, like they have enough nukes there to destroy this whole planet, like nine times. Oh, all, all the countries who have nuclear capability, I think do for the most part, man. But when you, when you have that, if, if someone starts dropping a few nukes, the retaliation is going to happen almost immediately. And you're going to have quite a few people shooting nukes at each other. And at that point, you kind of get a little bit of that and a little bit of what Jake's saying is you're going to get that pollution. Like they're dropping nukes, nuclear pollution everywhere in the world. Nothing's growing. Yeah. Yeah. So, but who gets to survive that though? Well, there's going to be a very small select group of people. Uh, when, what was it that there was some sort people of world bunkers. cataclysmic event where there was like 700 people left on this planet and we're all from those 700 people. From where? And they are somewhere in... Asia or Mediterranean. I don't, I don't even remember. I forget where I saw that. Oh, okay. I mean, you know, see something like, like how, how can you guarantee me that that India Pakistan like thing won't escalate? You can't. You can't. You can't. And you hope that NATO keeps their shit together and you actually have a, a true world alliance that can and help stem that. And then you have problems here now. You know, you open up your, your social media and there's like, bomb threat to Ilhan Omar's hotel or something like that. You know, I was like, wow, it's reaching that point already. You know, well, like, she's already saying she wants Jews to be gone. So, okay. But so, so that's what we should do. We should start threatening, you know, especially after New Zealand. That's, you think that's the answer. And I'm not defending officials. her. Yeah. Like no. threatening elected officials, like vote her out. Just let her be gone. Like a year or two after she's out of the public eye, nobody will remember who she yeah, was. Yeah. I think, I think, think especially her and maybe that other one aoc i think they're just going to kind of disappear after a yeah, while I, I, I think they were they were interesting and intriguing they were a shiny new toy but they just like a kid they got old with them really quickly of course but before we jump to that i want to jump to this other question that kind of stems off that last topic what do you think the most scary natural disasters like flood earthquake all that stuff i think uh, yellowstone would be the scariest for me mm, okay so volcano. super volcano yeah what about more? I'm talking more like weather event. Oh, well, I live in the valley, so I don't know really any bad weather. It's either hot, cold. Here you go. I'll <laughs> give you one. And maybe not necessarily exactly where you're at. Sinkholes. Sinkholes are fucking Ooh, terrifying. That's not a weather event, though. Yeah, that's not a weather it's event. It's kind of that natural disaster. I'm not talking about like, because when you say natural disasters at forest fire, like I'm thinking about something that's some sort of kind of like weathery, because sinkholes usually happen when it rains a ton. No. Earthquake no, is kind sin- of a weather event. Sinkholes happen when water is removed from the water table. Well, that, yeah, it rains a lot, and then that water is removed because it rained a lot and it was super filled, and then all of a sudden it's weakened everything out just a little bit. Yep. But that's terrifying, dude. That because I started thinking, I was like tor- tornadoes, eh, not that scary. Okay, you can kind of survive them and, and move around them. But sinkholes just pop up and they're super unexpected. Like, well, fuck, and here's surprise. something. Here's something to think of. You know, you have some of those sinkhole neighborhoods in Florida. So let's say you buy this house, right? And this is, you've sunk all your, your life savings into it and you're building equity and you want to retire one day. You're going to sell this big house that you've had with your family and then down the street, sinkhole opens up. Your insurance isn't going to cover that. And now your property is worth nothing. Absolutely Oh, they don't nothing. cover sinkhole? There's 
know there's neighborhoods where they have sinkholes nearby and the real estate's worth nothing. They can't sell their houses for five bucks. But a tornado, so yeah, okay, you, if you survive and you're in your basement and you survive, insurance is going to rebuild your home. And mm-hmm. You're going to be okay. But man, yeah. that sinkhole, that sinkhole, you're screwed financially. It's over. And, and I watched interviews in Florida with individuals that own those homes, and it's devastating. A few of them were older folks with that scenario, and it's just, what do they yeah, do? Yeah, because their whole retirement's tied up in that. That's their asset. Right That's the biggest asset in their lives. Yep. Yeah, their yep. homes. Yeah, it's real sad, you know. And they had no idea. And it's neighborhoods, whole neighborhoods. Hmm. Damn, dude. What's the but risk? Oh God, man! Risk? If, if you if you have a sinkhole nearby, odds of one happening like where you're at are, are high. Fuck. Yeah. yeah, it's not good. It's a real bad situation. Sinkholes are they just grow. Yeah, those areas kind of look like Swiss cheese, and then they turn into one big area, and everything's dropped like 10 feet, 20 feet, sometimes in some cases 100 feet. Yeah. Yeah, you don't want to get caught in that home. Yeah, I was watching something on like 60 Minutes or some crap, and the lady said that they were sitting, her and her husband were sitting in the living room, and they heard uh, her brother-in-law in the the room who was sleeping kind of yell out, so they went into his room, and they opened the door, and the whole room was just gone. They never found his body. Wow. Holy shit! Right, you're just what a shitty way to go. Oh, that's just terifying. That's terrifying, dude. I'll tell you this. So here's here's another really crazy way to go. I was in eleventh grade. I I was at your your junior year, and I had asked my physics teacher. Right, I said, you know, every day we'd have this stupid problem on the board, and you'd finish the problem, and as everybody's finishing up, you can kind of just talk in class. So I asked her, I was like, hey, you're a physics teacher. Tell me if you think it's possible. Do you believe in spontaneous combustion? And she was a really nice, kind of heavy set, really sweet Mormon lady. And she just looked at me and got real pissed. Why would you say that? Why would you ever th- say something like that? So I yeah. apologized. I was like, I'm really sorry. I just was asking a question. And so I kind of went back to just whatever I was doing and, you know, writing on my, you know, whatever, and just kind of waiting for her to go through the question. And then she stopped and she apologized. She said, you know what? I'm really sorry. She's like, I, I, I overreacted. There's a reason for it. She said when she was a little girl, she was staying at her friend's house And her and her friend were playing up in the friend's room and they came downstairs and the friend's dad was completely burned up and all that was left was his arms and legs and everything else was just completely burned up. And there was a ring around the room and he was just dead. And I was like, so spontaneous spontaneous combustion is real. She's like, I don't know. I cannot explain what happened that night, but I can tell you right now, it's the only explanation I have. I was like, damn. Wow. Right? Uh, who knows? Maybe he was drinking a bunch of moonshine and lit a cigarette. It could be. But, <laughs> I, I guess they've, they've done some experiments where they like they lit a pig on fire with a real slow burn. And because of the amount of fat, it just burns like a candle wick. I bet it smells good, too. so it's a real too. controlled burn. Oh, wouldn't it, though? That house <laughs> damn some bacon going on in there. Fuck, dude. Uh, Did I ever tell you, my, my neighbor caught me grilling bacon at 7 in the morning. <laughs> He was standing up in his window. I'm grilling bacon. This is at the uh, the townhouse I lived at with uh, my buddy Sean. And the guy just looks out the window. He's like, the fuck are you doing? Grilling. He's like, you fucking grilling bacon? Yeah. What else are you grilling at seven in the morning? It's fucking breakfast time, right? Right. And he uh, thought it was the most bizarre thing in the world. But I was like, dude, what the fuck's the problem? I remember when I had that rental. Bacon. 
I remember when I had that rental house and you and Eric were visiting and uh, we were outside drinking beers at six or six thirty AM grilling brats and a neighbor had the same kind of confused look as he was headed to work as we were drunk eating sausages. fucking wisconsin cold as shit probably all dressed in packer gear standing there oh yeah yeah that's kind of a norm (laughs) yeah yeah six in the morning i don't know why yeah why do you question it you must have been from out of state you must be one of those fucking illinois bastards those fibs there you go (laughs) yeah dude no man i miss those days because it's weird as as you start to get a little bit older you don't do those things like pickup games anymore and i think i was talking to both of you earlier this week i was just like you know it's a bummer like i just want to go out and throw a ball like we used to like hey we're just gonna go out by the house grab a couple beers just go outside throw football for a half hour and just chit chat and you cannot find people to do that anymore no no especially at our age i don't know it's it's you do not really old people no, we're not. It is weird because I asked a few, I had a couple of buddies that I, I hit up that live here. I was like, hey guys, you guys just want to go to the park and throw a ball around on Sunday? And they, they both kind of gave me that, that's a little weird, but that sounds like a lot of fun. And I, I just was like, why is it weird? You both said that you would enjoy doing that. Why did we stop doing that? Huh. I think I think as you you get older, you're, it's not part, your priorities definitely change, but you find you're making time for relaxation and recuperation mm. more than recreation. Yeah, but is it is that what makes us start to feel older? Because recently I've been a lot more active than I have been. I was like, oh, I still feel really good. I just have to get back in that in that process of kind of working out or going for a walk, going for a bike ride, doing that more physical and active stuff on a more regular basis. You know what? I'll I'll say this, and you're going to find out here really quick when you have a little one. Finding that time is not as easy as you think. That's part of the problem. I'd love to be a lot more active than I am. And I think, yes, uh, the lack of activity makes you age quicker, for sure, 100%. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what I'm saying is that lack of – you're saying it's really hard to find that time. It is really hard. But would it be different if you, if even though it's hard, you made sure to find that time? Like it sucks. I get up at four o'clock in the morning, though. Yeah, you say that now. You get up at four o'clock, but when you were up at twelve thirty and two for a half hour apiece, getting up at four isn't so nice. You know what I well, mean? No, and, and that's when they're real little. I mean, how often did you? How often does that happen Man. when your your kids start to get older? If they're four, five, six, seven. Is okay, that, that still that way? But that's that's six years into their life. Well, yeah, or three years into their life if they're in a pretty good routine at four, three, All four. Right. You're right. So think about that. Three years of not working out. Three years of not having. You're that saying activity. not working out. I think, dude. You're if you're telling me that you couldn't, if somebody can't find one to two hours a week, and whether it's fifteen no, minutes okay, every day you're right. to do, you're right. I get what you you're know, saying. You got to stay in some sort of routine. And granted, when they get to that older age, okay, maybe I can go to the gym three or four times now. But if if during a week you find two hours to exercise, spend time for yourself, because I've learned this as I started to go to the gym a little bit more, it really is my place where I, I don't meditate. I don't sit in a room quietly for a half hour and just chant myself. That's not my thing. But if I go for 30 to 45 minutes, and even if I don't get a great workout in, but I did a little something and got out of the house and just got my blood flowing just a little bit, 
the rest of my week is much better. A lot of people report that. Yeah. And so two hours a week to find two hours a week to spend on yourself. I don't think that's a far stretch. No, yeah, I guess maybe two, I get... two hours a week. Impossible to be a stretch. That's that's no. pushing it right there. Yeah. But then here's the question. How many people actually say for two hours a week, I'm going to give two hours. I'm going to work out. I can do two hours one day. I can do one hour, two days, or I can do 30 minutes every day or a little bit less, 15 minutes every day. Mm, I don't think a lot of people do. Define working out. Here, here's part of my, I, I hate the gym. I used to go there when I was younger. We used to go, my buddies and I, we go lift weights and it was fun. But at this age, I don't want to go to the gym. There's a bunch of disgusting, sweaty people. I'm not in talking to people. I don't, man, I don't want to do that. I'd rather go not work the right in, gym then. I, or work out around the house. Well, yeah, I do. I shovel my garden. You know, I shovel snow. That's working out, right? But that's your normal everyday routine. You, ha- it's Working out to me is something physical on top of what your normal everyday lifestyle is. Because I'm a little overweight. Right now, yes, I'm shoveling snow, all that kind of crap. If you're doing all that and you're still overweight, then your body is still not burning off enough calories. If you were in great shape doing that, I'd say, yes, do just that. But if you're saying, you know, hey, that's my exercise, but it's still not getting the results of what the gym would, then you still need the gym. So until your supplemental other stuff works, because I I read it, I was kind of starting and I'll I'll read it again and I'll send it over to you. Um, One of my buddies sent it over to me. There are two regulators for both your metabolism and your heart and your legs. Okay. And so if you, if you work out, it kind of keeps your metabolism reset if you're working your leg muscles, but it's also making sure that your heart is regulated and beating properly, which makes sense. If you sit a lot, drive a lot, all that kind of stuff, just go work hard on your legs. Have the best fucking legs possible. Do squats, all that kind of stuff, body weight stuff, because if you keep your legs healthy, one, you're going to be able to walk. And if you lose your mobility, that's when people die. That's how you wither away and die and for over a course of years. If your legs stay strong, you'll be a stronger, older person, and it's easier to maintain than it is to build the older you get. That makes sense. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. However, some people say they need the gym. Personally, I need a nap. I'll tell you this much too, though, dude. Now that I've been in the gym, now again, consistently, and I, I was in the gym a lot when I was a little bit younger, I have so much more energy now. And when I get off of work, I look forward to go to the gym because after I go to the gym and come home, I'm like, oh shit, I'm wide. I feel great. And I go to bed at 10 o'clock and I wake up at five and I am perfect. Uh, Okay. I mean, (laughs) it, it sounds like too idealistic to me, like such an ideal day. I'm up at five in the morning and I'm eating breakfast by six. I don't know. I don't like that lifestyle. Oatmeal with raisins yeah, and shit. Yeah, to me, that's depressing. I'm, have you ever tried it? Have you ever tried it consistently to the point where you enjoy it? I have. It? I have. For how long? Um, uh, I would say a little under a year when I was a limo driver. I started at four in the morning or five in the morning. Then I went to 8.30 in the morning and I was there for like a good eight months, nine months, you know. You, you, you did that a good I, I, like, I, hour workout every day. You were going to hit in an hour. Hold on. I, I got to stop this. The hell with the workout conversation, Monier. You got to tell me your best limo driver story because I know <laughs> I, I got to hear this shit, my friend, because I know you got a good one in you. Dude. Oh. 
just the it, it was a family it was a fucking family from wisconsin or, or somewhere dude and they get in my car i got them from monte carlo and they wanted to go to fremont you know and these people it was just like your family dude like they get in the car i don't dude, know if that's they, a good thing <laughs> oh dude the shit talking didn't start dude, it didn't stop then we started talking about you know my my side you know and my fiance you know and this and that and and we just started laughing laughing so hard like they didn't want to get out of the car or like take another lap you know and uh that wasn't the craziest story that was probably the the funnest story i think you know just the shit they said and and, and how they were i think when two swinger couples like got in my car that was a little weird oh that is a little weird yeah, like you where know, did you they, take them? Where did they go? They wanted to go to Olympic Garden when it was open. Hmm. You know, okay, just a regular strip club. Yeah, well, I think at that time that place used to have an upstairs. Oh, and the downstairs. Yeah, gotcha. Uh, one of those gotcha. clubs. Yeah, was the upstairs uh, a steakhouse? Mm-mm, no, no, it was. <laughs> oh, 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 oh yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. They had other kind of meat there. I apologize. Yeah, um, but yeah, and uh, it's just like they were so calm about it. Like you know, like he's they both walked in. Like you can tell, there's a young couple, two young couples, not young, like you know, our age, thirties, late twenties, mid to mid thirties range. You know, they get in the car, they're calm. Yeah, they're nice. They're you know, and then all of a sudden I'm looking at my mirror and the chick that's sitting behind me holding her boyfriend's hand is making out with the dude sitting all the way in the back. And her husband or boyfriend or whatever is just like, you know, still carrying on the conversation like it's nothing. And I thought such a display was really unnecessary and random. Like, Yeah, man, keep that shit for the bedroom. It's just like, I don't want to see that shit in public. I don't, like, I don't I, know Yeah, like, it. okay, you're cool. You want attention. You guys are swingers. Like, good for you. You know, what you do in your bedroom is none, nobody's business. Not only no. not my business, but nobody's business, you know? Because I don't but, care whether you're straight. I, I don't care if it's two straight people no doing it, two gay people. I just don't want to see it. Hey, go do that shit somewhere else. Like, not gonna... yeah, I, that's what I'm saying. Straight, I don't care. Like, I don't care yeah, what it I is. Don't I don't want to yeah. see it. Yeah, like this whole public display stuff is just too much for me. Like I'm totally fine with people kissing each other when they just, you know, when they just pick each other up or drop each other off, stuff You're like that. You're talking gratuitous PDA. Yeah. Yeah. Grab them by yeah, the pussy PDA. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe a little bit to that extreme too. No, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But no, seriously, like, you know, I, I thought that was just really random. Dude, did you guys hear that? Uh, you, you know that whole Jesse Smollett story that dude that got fake beat up in Chicago, the Madness. actor guy. Madness. So I, and what a bad I, commercial for Subway. I, well, I, <laughs> I, <laughs> they just can't get it. They can't get a break, man. They yeah. go from a pedophile to that jerk off. Oh man, that's good. Well, I, I heard rumor that uh, allegedly that he was actually dating one of the guys that beat him up. And he was trying to like protect him from getting in trouble because it's some crazy like lovers quarrel. I'm like, wait, so it's some sort of crazy domestic violence? That's what this whole thing is, and that that seems to make way more sense than anything else. Man, is it really domestic violence when you got two gay guys going at it? Because that's just to me, that's just two men fighting and duking like two it out. Homemakers, right? Yeah, I mean, but Jake, come there's on. still a bottom somewhere. <laughs> I mean, come I mean, on, re- really. Yeah, it's just two guys duking it out. 
Just let him, let him, let him whip the shit out of each other. He's got a, he's got a side only in the arg- like an argument can only work if they were both like the macho type of gay dudes. Not you know, if, if that's the case, if they really are gay, you know, yeah, up, like, and it's domestic violence. Fuck, if they're really gay and they beat him up because it's domestic violence, no, fuck that. If that's the case, this dude's lawyer should be like, look, Jesse said he liked it rough. That's what it was. It was just fucking foreplay that gone wrong. You yeah, could you set could, him to yeah. jail with that mo, huh? Yeah. yeah, but why? Why would you target Trump though, or support? Like, why couldn't you make it into a robbery or something and dump your wallet somewhere? Like, take the important shit out and dump it. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. why did you have to make it? Why did you have to turn it into a political thing? You know, like I didn't get that. Like, okay, if you want your two hours of fame, buddy, you know, could you, you imagine what would have happened if riots broke out? Like, what would have happened if riots broke out and See, then it that, came that's out? That bullshit. That, that's that, that fucking. Bullshit? That's that fucking bullshit that could spark a civil war. That dumb oh, I know. shit like that, you know? Or yeah, because if it came out that he he riots broke out and shit was happening and looted and people got hurt and arrested or God forbid killed, and then it came out that he faked the whole thing. Oh fuck, dude! Like, it really could have easily tipped that way. Yeah. Anytime, you know, and and these Hollywood celebrities, man, what the fuck is wrong with these people? Why did he think their opinion matters so much? I don't know. They're just people. It's like when people are like, oh, that that CEO's talking. He is so important. He's a fucking person. Yeah, like, fuck him. Yeah. I don't he was behind me in Starbucks. I wouldn't give a shit. I wouldn't either. I'm not starstruck type of person. I, I really don't give a shit. Until you know, I meet a person that have achieved immortality or some or something crazy like that, then until then I'll pay attention. Until then, I don't care. Or if they're just a decent person, like hey, if you're if you were a celebrity well, yeah, and you were a cool person, all right, cool, all right, that's nice. Like I, I do want to meet you. Well, I was standing right next to Keanu Reeves, like when I was a limo driver on the theater uh, convention in, in Las Vegas, you know, and and he was like one of the nicest people. But I was at work, I was waiting on a client, so I didn't want to be unprofessional approach him. Mm-hmm. But I just like saw him like five feet away from me. I was kind of starstruck then, it's just because he's such a good actor, you know. But yeah, he's a, he's a huge name. I guess it's just it's one of those things where all these people. They assume because they're celebrities, they know something. They don't know shit. Some of those people are the dumbest fucking people ever. Well, yeah. You know, my my boss said something to me the other day that kind of caught me off guard. Because I think it goes, I think it goes even, it's not just with celebrities. So we were talking about bringing somebody in to do one of the jobs we had there, work the counter. And that's what I started doing there. And I suggested this person, and she goes, "No, no, we we can't do that. We can't afford them. They have a degree. They're they're way too smart for this job." And I took that as holy shit because this person has a degree means I'm not smart. They're smarter than me. But I've, I've trained people with college degrees and other jobs, and I'm going to be honest: just because they have a degree does not mean that they're smart. Not to say I'm the smartest person, but I really was taken back by that for a second. So I don't think it's just with celebrities. You know, I, I think it happens in you know general day to day life too. Oh, absolutely. I, that that definitely happens. You start to deal with some of these college graduates, and you realize that the lack of experience that they have puts them at such a detriment that their education does nothing for them. If you found somebody who had some college but had some real world experience too, that experience probably outweighs what they could have learned in school. I didn't learn you know shit what, except for accounting. 
what I saw more out of these these individuals that I dealt with, these college trainees, it was their lack of ability to problem solve and look look ahead. You know, when you when you plan something out to do a job, you have to say, I I have to do this, I have to then I can do this. You know, everything is a process. And their inability to see a process in a task was very difficult. They could not figure things out. And the four people I dealt with at previous jobs training out of college did not make it. Not one of them. I think a lot of that, though, is they, they lose that critical thinking ability. And that doesn't it, – it, it, it prevents them from seeing the big picture of how all those little steps of a process right. play she into said the bigger they lost picture. It. You said they lost the ability. So does that mean they had the ability? Or I think they never every, have the ability. I they think everybody's told? born with it. I think kids have that innate curiosity because they are learning. That's why kids can learn two or three languages really easily. That's why they're you know they're so good with computers because the coding is another language to them. They pick that up. They're sponges when they're that age. I think it's beat out of them. Those are the people who go to school and they're forced to learn about shit they don't like. So they retain just enough knowledge to pass a test in that class, but they have nothing that they can apply mm -hmm. to their everyday lives in the real world. And that's why trade schools become so important because you keep those people engaged and you train them how to have that, that bigger picture or think outside the box mentality. And it's in things that they can work with that benefit them. So they tie it together for the rest of the facts or, or tasks in their lives. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah. Because, you know, when you, you're looking at that, take something that you really enjoy. So, you, Jake, you really enjoy gardening, right? Oh, yeah. I love it. Okay. Perfect. Now, if if when you were in high school, they said, look, instead of doing two bullshit classes, you need to prove to me that you're proficient in English, that you can read and write. And maybe in 10th grade, we're done with English. You don't have two more years of English because you're proficient in English. You can read and write and you don't have to have a, a crazy level of ability, but 10th or, grade, 10th or 11th grade is good. Now for those other two hours for your junior and senior year, I am going to take you out to this, this garden that we have here and I'm going to teach you all the techniques to make everything grow organic and I'm going to show you how to do that. Now, what goes into that? building some of the infrastructure, putting together the fences, collecting your rainwater, all that other stuff that you've done. If you learned how to do that 20 years ago, what would you be doing now? Oh, absolutely. I would have, I mean, probably would have stayed in school. Yeah. And what would your, what would your at home garden look like now? What I don't think, processes oh, would you be I, I don't using? think, I don't think the government's interested in that. So but that, that that's my point is, is that's that it is because who's going to be feeding us? You still have farmers that have to grow the food that you and I eat, no matter where you eat. Yeah, I don't think the government wants you to be off grid type mentality. I can survive on my own type shit. No, they don't. I don't need you. Yeah, they don't want it's you common to be. sense. But that's but not that's not what I'm talking about because you are now creating a worker where maybe his at home garden isn't like that because it's become his career. And now he's figuring out how to take a warehouse the size of Costco and feed a million people with it. Well, but they here's you know here's the weird thing they didn't offer anything like that in Nevada schools. Uh, the only vocational schools they had you know mechanic, uh, diesel mechanic, HVAC that kind of stuff was very and it was one one school when I was that and in, in high school. Um, but here in Wisconsin. 
they do have agriculture classes in high school. They do teach farming. They do teach gardening, but they only do it through, you know, non-organic methods. They teach, or, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here, guys? Help me out. Uh, mega farming. They teach how to grow stuff at a large level. Yeah, so that's they do through, teach like 4-H that. and all that, right, you said? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have all that here. And, and, and a lot of, and it's a big thing. People are really into it, and the kids do wonderful. So why don't we have that option inner city? Why don't we have those options at least in, in small format? Well, it's because a different mindset. Have... Mm-hmm. It's a different mindset. But it shouldn't be. We're I all know. in the same country. Yeah, I know. But it's a different mindset. Like, I, what, I, I what, What's the difference in that mindset? And why is it a different mindset? Like, What right, is it between why? the two different groups? Because... Because there are two types of people out there, people that are dependent and people that are independent and people like who love big city and and they trust the government and they love to live in busy kind of New York, LA type of life. People that love life stuff, like they never see themselves like accountable for anything. I think like they never see themselves like, you know, I want to get like a homestead or a farm and go raise little chickens. But wait a second. You have guys like Ron Finley who have urban farms. Why Why aren't we teaching these people? Why not? Why? That's what I'm saying. Why, why yeah, aren't we? I don't know. So like I would love – me personally as a guy who grew up in like a major, major city and then a small, somewhat mid-sized city, I could tell you I would love to know how to garden. And, and you know, here's – I live in a city. I, I do live in a city. And yeah. My yard still produces around 1,000 pounds of produce a year. Yeah, and you so are it, in a city. Doable. A lot of people think of it as more of you. I mean, you you're not you're in the suburbs, no. but it's still very neighborhood, just like you I, in any other major city. I have a small city lot, just like it, probably the same size as the small city lot I grew up in Las Vegas, if not yeah, smaller. Same same lot size as me. Yeah, it's not that big, so it can be done. It's not a matter of you know they don't live in these areas. It's the mindset. It's the Uber Eats. It's you know. It's like they they're not interested in stuff like that because everything is fine and dandy. Like why? Why bother? To Mo, but it's were not you interesting. That? This is something we should be teaching in schools. Yeah, absolutely. I'm not this disagreeing a, this, with you. This I just a, don't. I, I don't think people in the city will care. Mo, were you at that party at uh, Afarva's house? I had just gotten back from the hunting trip with Jake, and. She was saying something. I was like, she's like, oh, yeah, what were you out there for? I was like, oh, I was hunting. And she's like, oh, my God, you hunt. And we were talking. And she she looked at me. She's like, how can you do that? I said, well, do you eat meat? She's like, I sure do. Where do you get it from? The store. And she, at like 22 years old, it was the first time that someone has told her, oh, that meat you're eating at a store is an animal that is at a farm. You get she, it. I wasn't there for that. Dude, I, I looked at it. I would have a case right then and there. I, I was I was floored. I was like, "You've got to be sh-. dude." We all just sat there for the next half hour asking her, and she's just. Who the just, fuck was that? Who was that? I don't even. Rem- she was some blonde chick. I it was the only time I had ever seen her at any one of his parties because he usually had the same regulars, but there was always that one or two people who would be a little bit different. You'd only see him once or twice, and she just started crying because she did not realize the food that she had been eating all those years was an actual animal. I was like, "What did you I think find- it was?" She's like, "I just thought it was beef or pork." I thought, "I, I don't know." Like, I was like. You're a fucking dumb, dumb bitch. Oh I find God. it ironic that her hair color was blonde. <laughs> I never put that together, but you're so right. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, That's but funny. It, I wasn't there. I would remember something catastrophic like that. Catastrophic. catastrophic. That's, 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 yeah. 
Accurate. Oh my god. Yeah, those those parties, man, they're just so it's so crazy. And I just found out one of the people and I won't name her name here, but uh, she was always uh, at those parties is dead. And we were talking about, it, man, and I was like, "Shit, I I can't, I'm still amazed at how many people I went to school with are no longer here." I'm like, "Damn, do I have to start checking the obituary and shit like old people?" No, not yet. Don't be dramatic. Really? Yeah. Dude, well, I, one yeah, of the other guys uh, that's done the podcast to uh, Andrew, when we were talking, he and I, we went through our yearbook and counted, and there was 17 kids between our two graduating classes that we knew that have died from drug overdoses. Wow. That's sad. Yeah. Uh, and, very and sad. When we were talking about it, it was one of those things because they were all kids that were fairly, you know, came from well off parents, and it was the rich areas of town where they could buy those drugs, and they started doing pills, and then they went right into heroin. And they all died from heroin overdoses. All of them. I, that was something I saw at Green Valley a lot. A lot of the rich kids did a lot of the drugs because they could afford it. Mommy and dad gave, gave him $40 every day for lunch. You know, Their weekly allowance was 150 bucks, So they could go buy that eight ball of Coke. I saw a lot of drugs in high school. Oh, yeah. When I went oh, to yeah. school at Lake Forest, there were all the, the rich kids that lived in the uh, the really nice dorms. And, man, Adderall was just out of control there. Out of control. Really? Adderall? Huh. Yeah. Adderall's they, out of they were snorting the, it. Adderall's Ooh. out of control in the adult population today. Doctors prescribe that shit like M&Ms. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I wonder how I would do on it. Yeah, I wonder I would if like it's something I would it. like. <laughs> I, I just... because. I'm pretty effective now. I, I get a lot of shit done, especially on my days off. Like I have a laundry list. I'm like, I can knock this out. So I, I feel like I'm pretty productive for most people. If you gave me Adderall, I wonder how productive I could be. <laughs> I just... Or would it send you into overdrive where you couldn't focus? Oh, I, yeah, man. Maybe. Maybe. Mm. I guess I'm that guy that I'm sitting in the fucking room and – I have been listening to that clock tick or that smoke alarm go off and all the weird little shit. I notice everything always everywhere. Yeah, and I'm thinking Adderall's not for you. Oh, and that's what I'm wondering. I'm like, I wonder if it would... Because <laughs> at night, I have to find the right background noise to, to cancel out my tinnitus. Sometimes it's music. Sometimes it's just opening the window. Sometimes it's the fan. But like the ringing in my ears, it's not really all that noticeable ever but if i pick up on it i can't stop thinking about it or like my breathing if i start to think about breathing fuck i just did it if i start to think about breathing i have to consciously remind myself to like hey breathe in breathe out until my brain just forgets about doing it again and i'll think about breathing for 10 minutes and i can't stop thinking and having to actively breathe does that ever happen to you no no No. (laughs) you should definitely stay away from adderall yeah for 10 minutes, that's a bit excessive. Dude, like 10 get, seconds, I get, but 10 yeah, minutes. Like, fuck, I'm thinking about it right now. You can hear it because it's just not natural for my tone. <laughs> so, you know, there's you guys that you're telling me that never happens to you. That's like something you're like, you're fucking weird. Oh man, no. I've been doing this for 32 years. <laughs> no, you know what, no, though? So. Okay, so I'll focus on different things, though. And I know it'll weird me out. So, the other night, the wife likes to watch this show, uh, Lottery Dream Home. And it's this show where people win the lottery and they they go out with this realtor and they give them three different houses and then they pick one, right? So this guy, they introduce the couple that won the lottery. And the guy, he's like, hey, I just had a jet skiing accident and his leg's broken. He's on one of those little broken leg scooters. 
and his face was not quite right. He almost looked like Sloth from the Goonies. Hey, you so guys. yeah, he's just it's and I and all I could think about the whole half an hour hour this episode was on was is his face fucked up from the jet ski accident? Is his legs still <laughs> fucked up? Or was his face always this fucked up? So about three quarters of the way through the episode, the wife looks at me and she goes, What house do you think they're gonna buy? I didn't even see the houses. I was obsessed with this guy's face for 45 minutes. Oh, dude. That's like that uh, that college um, – that uh, – oh, shit. What's the word I'm looking for? That that test they did, that like observation test where people are passing the basketball and they're like, count how many times did they uh, pass the basketball? And like a gorilla oh, and walks, gorilla right, walks yeah. in. Yeah, and nobody sees it. That was Jake's gorilla right there. That guy's face oh, is fucking God. Jake's gorilla. So Jake spotted yeah, the gorilla going, and that's yeah. all he saw. Did you guys fucking see that oh. gorilla? There's a gorilla that just fucking went by. And how did no one see that? You're all fucking stupid. <laughs> and I was going in depth with it. I'm thinking I even got to the point. Where, okay, what could he have hit on a jet ski? Yeah. Well, did he hit his face off a dock? You know, maybe, I just couldn't figure it out. Maybe he scorpioned so badly his face hit his foot. It was it was bad. It was yeah. it was bad. He looked like a, maybe like Alex Smith out on the fucking football field earlier this season. Oof. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. That's really bad because I really like Alex Smith. I think he's a great quarterback, and I never want to see anyone get hurt. But no. that was uh, that was just an easy easy setup joke. <laughs> uh, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but dude, it was like fucking. What was it, Joe? It was the same field that Joe Theismann broke his leg on, and thirty three. Really? It was the same field, and to the date, I forget how many years it was, but on the exact same day. Oof. Yeah. Man, now that's weird. You're like, that's, that fuck. is really weird. Yeah. Two wow. potentially season ending injuries on the exact same day what at the exact same field. You mean potentially career ending? That's his season was ended. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Co- yeah. Potentially career ending. And that's really sad, man, because he's a young guy and he's, he seems like one of those guy like quarterbacks where he's just a good guy and you want, you cheer for him because you want to see him win. But he never really does. Kind of like Matt Stafford. I love watching Stafford. I kind of I'm a Packer fan. If the Packers don't make it to the playoffs, I actually want the Lions to take it all the way. Just because it would mean a lot to that city. And I like a lot of the players on there. They seem like decent people. Hmm. You don't have yeah, anybody you cheer for like there. that? No. There's no, no one in not, the league. Not in the division. No. Like like maybe uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick. No, see, like Yeah, it, I like Fitz. Yeah, like, if, like if he took it all the way, you'd be like, fucking good for him. That guy's a good guy. I want him to win. Yeah, so he, it was like that guy. What's his name? From the Rams, I think. Uh, oh, oh. Um, from, so from the CFL that came and played for them. Oh. Or the Cardinals, I'm sorry. How the, the, how the fuck are we? Kurt, uh, Kurt Warner. Warner. What's his name? Kurt, Kurt Warner. Warner. Brenda Warner, one or the other. I can't Kurt, remember. Kurt, Kurt Warner. Kurt, Kurt, let me Google him real quick. Yeah, Kurt Warner. Yeah, he played for the Rams. He's got a few Super Bowls, and then he went down and played for who? Cardinals. The Cardinals yeah, had a few Kurt good seasons and took him to the NFC Championship. He had that great, that fucking amazing playoff game with Green Bay, that highest-scoring playoff game where it was just a crazy shootout. Yeah, he also played for the Giants. Dude, yeah, he did for a very short period of time, though. Very um, a year. Dude, that, that shootout Packer game where it was like 45 to 57, we went to this One bar. One of the best playoff games ever. Yeah. My, mm. We went to this bar and my buddy said, all right, man, it's the beginning of the game. We're taking a shot of Jaeger for every touchdown. You in? I was like, I'm fucking in. This might be a really high scoring game. He's like, I know. That's why it's a gamble. We're betting right now. I was like, fuck, dude. Mm-hmm. 
I have never been so drunk in my life. The owner of the bar came out. I was laying on the concrete in the parking lot, just right in the middle of the like parking lot. And he's like, hey, man, you need to get up or you're going to get run over. Um, I've never seen you this drunk, but you're good to drive, right? I was like, what? Oh, <laughs> That's a Packer bar for you. Yeah. Well, I was lucky because Mo was there. That's the night he drove me home. And uh, I went to bed. I slept for about six and a half hours, got up, and I was like, all right, I think I'm okay, and stood up and instantly fell over. I was just like, oh, I am still so trashed. I probably should have uh, gone to the hospital and had my stomach pumped. Uh, nah, don't uh, be dramatic. Oh, dude. I, that was what, 12 shots of Jaeger over the course of four hours plus my beers that I was drinking, something like that? I was just, I was like alcohol poisoning. Yeah. And yet, yeah. Uh, you're good disgusting. to drive, right? <laughs> <sighs> These places, man. Yeah, but those are the best places, man. You walk in, and you, when you when you go in, you're like, ah, oh, you get hit with 30 years of cigarette, and it's just embedded in everybody. What was the dive? <laughs> you took me to a dive bar there years ago, and Kelly's, I think it was. Oh, Kelly's, you, yes, you Kelly's were Kitchen. All underage. You guys were all underage, and for some reason, the bartender thought you guys were all older. You slipped him a 50, and we just drank all night. Yeah. Mm. Colorado Bulldogs, right? What were they yeah, called? Yes. Uh, yeah. A white, oh, uh, like I a white Russian with Coke. Um, yeah, dude. But you know what? I think a lot of kids have, you always have that one place that you go to. Everyone's got that pool hall. I remember on my 21st birthday, I walked in this pool hall we always used to go to. And the guy was like, hey, what are you celebrating tonight? And I was like, oh, it's my birthday. He's like, oh, cool. How old are you? 21. Dude, you've been coming in here for five years. And I thought you were 21. <laughs> You're shitting me, right? I showed him my ID. He's like, I'm really fucking pissed, but now I have no reason to kick you out. So yeah, go ahead and fucking spend your money. Really, dude? Fucking five years you've been lying to me? I'll tell you something. That's funny. Mo and I used to do this thing where uh, when we when we volunteer with this police department, we used to go out and do alcohol buys. So they'd go send minors in and shit to go buy shit uh, and try to get someone to sell a minor beer. Obviously, uh, we would eventually run into a place, of course, that I frequented and they thought I was 21. So we pulled up. He's like, all right, man, you got to go run in here. And you know, you know the drill. I was like, yeah, I can't go in oh, there. No, yeah. I can't go in there. He's like, why? And I was like, Hey man, look, this is where I come. Don't fuck this up for me. <laughs> like, this is the one place that I can come and they think I'm 21 right now and they're going to sell to me and I'm going to have to go in there and basically write them a ticket. They've been hooking me up for that long and they think I'm older than I am. It's not their fault. I tricked them and I was really good at tricking them. And he was just like, you've got to be shitting me. So that was like this little liquor store. We literally drove down the street. He's like, all right, we're going to do the same thing at this bar. And I was like, hey, look, we're right by my house. Can you do me a favor and like drive 20 minutes in another direction so that you don't fuck up my whole game? Like you don't understand how cool I am to my friends because I can get us into these places. That's funny. Oh, don't fuck this up for us now, yeah. officer. And the look on his face, though, was just like, you son of a bitch. Like, you've got to be fucking <laughs> shitting me because you're supposed to be this good kid and it's in our rules that we're not supposed to drink and do bad shit. And here I am, just a fucking alcoholic every night. <laughs> oh, man. Being young. What it was to be young. Yeah, dude. Yeah. I don't know if I've told you this, man. So my mom, one day... I was a little bit older. I was 25, 26, and I wasn't partying as hard anymore. And we were just having lunch. And she said, you know, I, I really thought you had an alcohol problem. And I looked at her. I said, well, why would you never bring that to my attention? You've never mentioned that to me. She said, oh, I was really hoping that you'd grow out of it. And she's like, luckily I did. I said, yeah, but what happens if I fucking didn't? <laughs> like, how fucked up I would right. have been? 
No, yeah, in hindsight, you're probably right. I should have brought that to your attention. <laughs> you know, all right, so this is this is probably a bad story, but so when I was in high school, I used to sell weed, uh-huh. all right? And I decided I, I don't want to do that anymore. I grow up, and I kind of confessed to my mom, and she goes, yeah, I kind of knew this was going on. I, I was really floored by that. She's like, I found some of your stash once or twice. But she never found the bulk of it. And I thought to myself, but nothing ever came up missing. So she found it and decided to just leave it, which I I just found very odd. I, I think our parents really let us decide how we were going to go because she never once called me on it. Really? No, never once. She well, said, what was the biggest I, stash she ever found of yours? Like what was it and how much was it? I never asked. I always used to keep like a personal stash behind my TV on a magazine. And that was just, I'd grab it and go. It was never in a bag or anything. Gotcha. Um, but I don't, I don't know. She never, I never asked that question. I know the most I ever had in that house at one point in time was, well, this is probably horrible to say. Probably this was like 17 pounds. Jesus. Where did you max. hide that? In their bedroom. What? Where was the, where the last place you would think to look for your kid's stash? In your own bedroom. I guess you're right. But where in their bedroom? I guess you'd have to hide it Under all their over. bed. How did they not smell it? It, was, it wasn't good stuff. This was brick crap from back in the day. It, it didn't stink like the good stuff does nowadays. So it wasn't dank and skunky in their room? No, this was Mexican brick. Or maybe it would have just smelled like his, his stash. That's <laughs> very possible. It's very, very possible. Wow, dude. That's crazy. Yeah, but I... Th- and I, I thought it was pretty crap. When I tell people that, like, well, where the hell did you hide that? They, Dude, they're blown away. You know what I haven't You would thought never about, think to look there. I haven't thought about this in ages. I'm fucking interrupting you because no, you, you went to school with this girl named Shasta. And that oh, yeah. bitch was on the wrestling team. And I shouldn't say bitch. I'm going to yell at for saying bitch so much. I already know. No, she was, though. She but, was not a nice person. No, she wasn't. I watched her fight four full-grown male cops and McDonald's yes. while they were trying to take her, like, little hand. Or not a, she had, like, a little, little bottle of vodka. And she was 18, 19, and she is throwing these grown men like rag dolls. And I was just like, with damn. One hand. She, I was there for one hand. With one yeah. hand. Yeah. It was the craziest thing I have ever seen. I haven't thought about that in, in like ages. Holy shit. I wonder whatever happened to her because she was just, she was built like no, she looked like uh, Michael Strahan, but just yeah, a fast version bald. of him. And bald. Yeah. She, uh, yeah. She yeah. was bald, she was wasn't bald. she? She shaved, yeah, she would shave her head bald. Oh, dude, you know what? Yeah, she's what, a rough chick. What does your home life have to look like to get to that point? Man, I don't know. And we didn't live in a bad area. It was a very good area. We didn't have a lot of weird stuff going on for the most part. No, you're right. It was yeah. it was a pretty nice it was a pretty nice area. Where Warm Springs? Yeah, but you got to remember when that was. And at that time, was, Las Vegas was a much, much different place. It was still run by the mob. And yeah, shit this was, was late 80s, early 90s. Yeah, and so there wasn't really many bad parts of Vegas. Even as bad as D Street and stuff probably still was, I don't ever remember being nervous down there as a little kid. 
I never was in 2001 or two or three when I was here. Yeah. And you know, were, up until 2008, it wasn't that bad. Yeah. That's when that transition happened there. But yeah, I, I it was, it was, it was a nice neighborhood and you had a lot of these people that there were just like, what the fuck is wrong with you? You got to understand who Vegas attracts, man. You know, Vegas attracts the lowest educated people because this is the only city where you don't have to read and write mm-hmm. and make hundred thousand dollars a year. Yeah, that's more. very true. Yeah, I mean, you can be a or bartender. More. You can be a bartender. Yeah, you can be a, a bartender. You know, forget a bartender. Be a butler, not a butler, but maybe a waiter or a busser at one of those crazy strip restaurants, dude. You're good. You could yeah. be the bar back at one of those. Uh, you know, I remember um, working in a real estate office, and this guy came in, and he was looking to buy a house. And on paper, he only made thirty nine thousand dollars a year, but he had like a hundred twenty grand cash to put down. And we were trying, you know, in in the loan documents, he's like, "Yeah, I'm having a hard time getting a loan because." My, my paycheck shows I make really little, but I work at this restaurant on the strip. It's a high end restaurant. I make over a hundred grand a year, but on paper, I make nothing. I was like, damn. So you're making a hundred grand a year as a waiter. You're just, yeah, you work nice, and that's not, but hundred grand a year to run food mm-hmm. up. You know what, though? That, that floor, if you, if you are running food like that, there's a shelf life. You have an expiration date. Well, even so, valets, and I know. Dad was one that told this story. He he knew a guy that was a valet, and the guy he was getting ready to retire. Though you don't quit as a valet, you sell your job. That's how lucrative it is. You are able to sell your job to another person as a valet at some of those casinos. That's how much money those guys make. Really, you can sell yes. your job. You can sell your job. I wonder if if that's changed at all now. If Lyft and Uber have destroyed that valet market, because valet was a super coveted position for a lot of people. People are still driving. People still drive, though. Yeah, that's true. You know what? I have a a theory that Uber and Lyft are really going to be the next next mega companies because they're going to team up with either Ford or Chevy or one of those. And when that self-driving car is perfected, they're going to start just buying the cars because you're as a consumer no longer going to need to buy a car and you'll order Lyft and Uber and it just shows up. You get in, you have none of that maintenance, none of that worry. You don't have the liability. The amount of money you could save by just taking a Lyft or Uber everywhere you go is basically going to outweigh the cost of owning a vehicle yourself. And as soon as that happens, it's going to be this crazy market where they're trying to fight for the different kind of cars. Like, Hey, I get Maserati, but you get Lamborghini. Like there's going to be those exclusive contracts for that kind of stuff too. You know, here's something I thought about the other night. I I saw an OnStar commercial and the commercial was, um, you know, they were, it was a police chase and OnStar was able to shut the vehicle down. And it dawned on me, in the future, in the next 10 years, next 10, 20 years, most vehicles will be able to be shut down like that. So the only kind of Grand Theft Auto you're going to see and only kind of car chases you're going to see are some old cool classic cars or old pieces of shit. Yeah. Kind of like Will Smith and iRobot where she's like, you drive a gasoline vehicle still? And he's like, fuck yeah, Yeah. I only trust myself. Or Demolition Man. Or Demolition Demolition Man. Man, yeah. Which... Highly underrated movie, one of the best of all time. But dude, I would. Do you like it? Would you give what? up driving? 
Would I give no. up driving? See, I love it. I would give up driving in a heartbeat. You're telling me that maybe I, my commute's an hour. You're telling me I can get in my car and maybe there's like a little sink in my in the car that shows up. And I can go in there real quick and brush my teeth and get that shit done. And I can get ready in the car. You know, or at some point, maybe it's super advanced and I have a three hour commute. So I have a gym one pick me up and I can go in and ride a bike for an hour, take a quick shower and change in there. And it takes me to work. Ooh, look at you. That's out there right there. But is it? Is it really that out there? Because there's, your car is going to be moving at a steady pace. It's not going to be braking or anything like that because it's all going to be computerized. Or think about this one. Here's, here's one. All right, I'm going to get off of work on Friday. I want to pick up my girlfriend and go out and just get drinks. I can jump in the car. And when she gets in the car, even though we're going somewhere that's a little further away, we can pregame in the car and have a couple of drinks. And you know what? At the same time, the whole, po- the whole car blacks out and we can watch a movie on the way. Hmm. Yeah, or you're driving okay. to California. Okay. You have a movie the entire. You're going to want to always do that. Maybe. Or how nice would it be that you're driving in one of the most scenic places? Because when I go on a road trip with my wife, or we're going to visit somewhere, I'm driving. I can't really pay attention. The last time we went to Sedona, it's gorgeous, but I can't really just sit back and enjoy it. Now, if I have right. a self-driving car, I can enjoy every part of it and not worry. Yeah, man. I don't know. There's something about getting behind the wheel. And getting for, on the for open me, highway. there's nothing. Way too many fatalities now. It's not fucking worth Bingo. it anymore. No, That's no. it, right? Yeah, I, I, I'm sorry. I, I love getting out on the road. I love. Yeah, see, the but see, if the, the car, roads were the safe wind. and people were responsible, everybody would love to be out on the road. But that's you know, like fatalities are getting out of control. So I, I will give up my drive, and I don't give a shit. Like, it's uh, a I shitty guess, way to die too. So or get amputated or something. It's just it's not worth it for what. Because I get the feeling. Jake said, you know, I, ha- I have a feeling. Tell me this, though. So instead of... Ride a bicycle. No, it's not the same. Because I love that feeling of driving a car, too. It's not the same. It doesn't matter. But what happens <sighs> if instead of now you feel the steering wheel in the car, maybe the seat. You get one. You order a car that feels really good when you drive it. So when it takes a turn, you feel the turn. You know, when it's going fast, it you feel all of that. Man, I don't know. There's nothing. There, there's a road that I take uh, on one of my routes that I run, and uh, man, I, I shut the I shut the automatic shift on. I put the paddle shift on because it's it's a long, windy road, and I I love cranking the music, dropping the windows, and shifting through the gears, and mm-hmm. you feel the car, and it, there's something about it. I I don't think I'd ever want to give that up. I love driving, but it's I always have. What's going to end up happening is in the cities, self driving will be the only way they'll allow it to happen. And see now that's fine. I don't want to drive in the city. I when I visit Las Vegas, I hate driving in the city. I don't want to do it. Yeah. That would be fine with me. Yeah. And I don't know if you're ever going to ha- be able to have the infrastructure of those kind of cars because odds are too as, as everything gets to go further and further, electric probably will be the way to go. Um and, and everything will become it will be an electric. So they just don't have that range of the long distance. And I don't know if, if you took one car that far away from its home base, does it like does it how does it work? Because you're gonna end up with a shit ton of cars somewhere else if you know they're doing these long distance trips. Uh, like in Florida in winter, uh, after winter, Florida car rental companies will basically rent free cars out from Florida to redistribute them all around the country because all the old people flow fly home. 
So, mm. you know, you have those things that you have to worry about on the bigger scale of it. So I think it would probably start in the cities and then get out to the, um, the suburbs way later. And you're still going to have a lot of places where you can still personally drive. Hmm. Or maybe how, it's one lane. How, how, how it's going to work out between AI drivers and like real human drivers. I think at a certain uh, point. That's going to be an interesting thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is yeah. this like when we actually clash? Because who, who are you going to sue? Like with an AI car? Who's holding them? The back? owner. Is it the owner? It's the owner's responsibility. Well, it's their responsibility. If I'm not mistaken, I think it was Mercedes who said anything that is. Is it the manufacturer? Yeah, I think Mercedes said they will take liability on anything now. If they're if you're in one of their self-driving features and it hits somebody, they'll take the liability on that. Well, like it has to that. be. It's not on the owner. It has to be because it's all AI. Like the owner doesn't know code or he's not a software engineer. Yeah. You know what though? They say that until that car kills a family. Well, I think they must have planned it in there because even in an interview, I, if I'm not mistaken, again, I, I, I'm trying to remember it. I find it to be for sure, but I'm I'm pretty sure he said our algorithm is basing itself upon saving our driver. Our customer is our priority. If you buy this car and something were to come up, then we're going to take care of it. But it's going to hit that other person if it if it's in one of those situations where. If you drive off the road, it kills you, or if you hit them, it kills them. So it, it takes the side of their driver, which, hey, Yikes. if they're going to do that, they're going to have to take the liability. Yeah, see? But it, so it's, it's, it's going to be, it's going to drag into like a lot of complicated lawsuits that the mm-hmm. courts have never seen before. That's exactly it. Because in that situation, which is it? Like, how how much is a person worth? Because there is a number. That's the really fucked up part. To these companies, there is a number. Oh, if we hit and kill somebody with this, could we settle out of court for six million? Yeah, six million is a number we're willing to. You know, a life is going to be worth six million to us. All right, cool. Go ahead and put it on the ledger for what we have for our lawsuit accounts and what we're expecting. Put it as a loss already. Just mark it off as a loss, so it's already there, and they've put it in the budget. Hmm. It's believable and scary. Oh, it is. It's not. It's not whether it's true or not. That that is what happens when you. When yeah, I took my accounting class, true. they said, "Oh no, you put that in there for that kind of shit." But you're going to see those kind of lawsuits, and each company is going to have their number. Right now, Mercedes might be six million dollars for a person. By the time the technology gets to Ford Focuses or whatever the hell their car is now, their small little sedan. Whenever, whenever the technology gets there, a life and a liability, it's going to happen so frequently and few and far between, a life will only be maybe worth 500000 Like, Hey, this happens yeah, so exactly. infrequently. Sorry. Yeah, exactly. It's going to have to drop eventually. Yeah, because it's much safer than the real world, but people are getting killed in car accidents now as pedestrians. So when the numbers level out between what self-driving cars are out in the real world, and if there's a safety in other features, like it doesn't kill people because of drunk driving and shit like that, when there's a balance and you're like, hey, this many pedestrians get killed a year, this is an acceptable number. And the government will be like, hey, it's 1,200 people a year nationwide. I I haven't heard anything of any of the Tesla self-driving programs killing anybody. I haven't heard anything like that come out of there. No, but they're only on the freeway. So you're not going to hit a pedestrian on a freeway. No, but you're still going 80. You can hit something. I think. Yeah, you, you live in uh, – driving on the freeway is very unpredictable environment. Yeah, you know, there's but There's a lot it, of hippie assholes enough. in L.A. that have them. But it's predictable enough for stuff like that. I think where you'd really run into the problem is a deer runs out. 
because you can't avoid that. Oh, you're not going to avoid that if you're human. That, that's what I'm saying. You just can't. There's certain situations that you can't avoid, and I think those cars err on the side of caution so much that you're not going to see that. If they, if the, one of those sensors picks up one slight movement, it's going to readjust right away, and it's probably faster than that other person. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, but I, I am curious to see what happens. Tesla really was underneath what their projected sales numbers were, were supposed to be, their, what they thought they were going to do. I think they were sold or shipped something like 40,000 less cars than they really thought they were going to sell. So they produced wow, that's, them. It's a lot. It's a big number. A big so, number. yes, that puts a price drop on that model on year, huh? Yeah, well... I, it's it's yeah it's gonna really they're for resale value but I think a lot of people lease their Teslas I got I don't know why I've gotten that impression I don't know how many people actually fully out buy them but it's I I feel like something might be going on there at Tesla it just seems a little bizarre to me um, they shipped a lot less you got a lot of kind of turmoil going on there where there's a little bit of confusion and stuff of you know we're closing down our stores well where are you gonna sell them now how are people gonna you know that's the weird part. Like, we're, you don't have a showroom. How do you sell your cars? No one can ever go see them. You can't go to a dealership. Yeah, I've looked. I'd love to go test drive one and see what they're all about. But you, there aren't any. Here's the weird thing. I see them all over here. I really? see people driving. I see people driving them way more than ever now. The SUVs, the car, all of them. Yeah, they're becoming you. I don't know what the hell they're buying them. Yeah, but and, and but have you seen? Have you been in one yet? No. I've only been in one. It was the SUV one. I was really kind of disappointed by it for a hundred grand. It just felt really plasticky. The, the there's the really? one part of it. It's the big screen. That one point when you look at that, that you're like, all right, I get it. There, it's really nice. Your view in the front seat looks great. It's very luxurious. But when you start to really look at the fine details, you're like, oh, this thing's kind of cheap. Oh, really? like a Chrysler. In more like a Pontiac. Oh. Yeah. Well, those don't exist good. anymore. <laughs> yeah. That's the feeling I got. It just felt cheap. And, but the car, the sedans are pretty nice, you know, especially if you get a really nice leather package. I don't know, man. I want an Alfa Romeo. It's like a $40,000 car. Yeah, they're making a comeback. You're starting to see them everywhere as almost like a yeah. premier brand. Yeah. I want to get it in black. I wonder if it, they've just started kind of selling in the U.S. again. Are they bringing the brand back here? Is that what happened? I think so, yeah. Huh. With their uh, Juliet, uh, you know, that's, that starts at 37, I think, or something. Yeah, I'm like starting to see model. commercials for Renault, too. I didn't even know Renault still existed. Really? Yeah. Oh, yes. Of course it still exists. Ask mom how she liked her Renault. I know. That's what I'm saying. Like, you know, My mom always talked about how she had one when she was younger. She hated the damn thing. Yes, it's not a fun car to drive. But you yeah, look but that was now, a seven nice vehicle too. What is they it? They look like they're from Europe. Yeah, they are. Well, yeah, they are from Europe. What was that, Jake? Well, I know <laughs> hers was from the seventies too. That was a horrible decade for yeah. vehicles. Oh, dude, yeah, you had that, but it's like a Saab, dude. Saabs are kind of nice, but they fucking break down and they're super expensive. So if you can get a reliable Saab, then it's all right. But. I, they're kind of, they remind me of that, kind of like that that Renault kind of body feel to it. Well, have you seen the new Volvos? Yeah, they're pretty nice. If Which one, though? The sedan or are you looking at their SUV? Their SUV is really nice. The the sedan. I have not seen the new one. Oh, What's so nice. special about it? The S60 T6 
it's just it's so nice it's such a nice looking car i'm gonna have to look that up i have not seen that yet hmm yeah well very it good. looks really good hey guys um I'm going to go ahead and wrap this up because we actually just hit a, a little over an hour and a half. So I know it kind of flew by. I appreciate it. Uh, anybody listening, please subscribe to the show and please follow us on Twitter at TOD podcast, shoot us a line and say if, uh, if you have any topics that you want to hear, let us know, uh, talk shit, all that kind of great stuff. Tell us what we need to do better. Uh, as we kind of go through, we'll make a, a little bit of adjustment every week, make it sound a little bit better and start kind of adding things to the show, kind of learning. So we're having a lot of fun doing it and we're kind of doing it just to entertain ourselves. So if we're, we're entertaining you. Please share us, subscribe on your friends' phones and all that kind of great stuff. Uh, guys, you want to add anything before we go? No. Hey, just thanks, man. It was a lot of fun. Good talking to you, Monier. Really yeah, good talking here. to you, man. Yeah, it's it great talking to you. All right, guys. Talk to you next week. Thanks, guys.